Chapter 136, El Molino, Peru. Search for the purpleback sunbeam. I went out early to buy some cakes and a nice yogurt for breakfast before carting our heavy bags a few blocks to the bus stop. England were playing in the World Cup that day and we needed to leave and arrive on time if I had a chance of seeing the game. Of course neither of these things were going to happen. We're in Peru for goodness sake, but at least we only left 30 minutes late. That's the thing with Peruvians. The driver and his sidekick will sit on their asses right up until the time they should be leaving before getting people and their stuff onto the bus. From here I was in the dark. I knew the road I wanted to go along to the small town called El Molino started at a lake called Sausacocha, but I had no idea if there was any public transport and how often it went along this road. We thought we might need to go an extra 30 minutes to the town of Huamachuco, so we at least had a place to stay if there was no transport today but the driver said there were places to stay and eat by the lake, so we got off. Of more importance, though, was whether they had any TV, as the second half of the game was just starting. I ran frantically around the town, searching in vain, and was left breathless at this high altitude. Bad reception around here, apparently. We eventually found a restaurant that had slight reception, which made it look like they were playing in a blizzard. We ordered lunch and enjoyed another victory before we even had to start worrying about getting to El Molino. We walked along the road towards a turnoff and asked the driver of a huge logging truck where he was going. He said he was indeed heading that way, but he wouldn't get there until late at night. It really didn't matter to us. We just wanted to get on. It was a bit like deja vu sitting in the back there on top of the bumpy logs. It was painful and painfully slow seven-hour ride, and we were cold and tired when we arrived. The restaurant we stopped at had some beds they rented out with no electricity or comfort of any other kind. It was only for one night anyway. Some young girls took us to our room and hung around, staring at us. It was a cold and uncomfortable night on a hard bed, and it was a relief to get out there in the morning. When we opened the door, we were dazzled by bright sunlight. Not a single window in the building. There was no way my girlfriend was staying behind in that pigsty, so we left, walked through town, and turned onto a trail described in my book. The species we had come all this way to see was the endemic purple-backed sunbeam which is found in the immediate area of this little town and nowhere else on earth. Because of its tiny distribution, it's been upgraded recently from vulnerable to critically endangered status, making it one of the most important species for me to see in Peru. The little valley we walked along was pretty, but it didn't look out of the ordinary, at least not enough to merit it having a unique species. It took less than half an hour to find the purple-back sunbeam, and after my initial euphoria, I realized pretty quickly that it was common here. When it got a bit lighter, I got some nicer photos, but only one poor recording. It didn't seem very vocal. I watched it with interest and noticed that it fed on a variety of plants, mostly weedy-like flowers and even some non-native eucalyptus flowers. Walking back to pick up our bags at our luxury hotel, I saw it all the way along the road. I know it has a very small distribution, but to me it didn't seem terribly threatened right here. We had a bit of lunch in a nicer restaurant, then waited outside for any transport coming past. A big lady called Iris came over and chatted to us. She lived alone in a big house across the street and said we could have stayed with her for free. A little bit late for that now. She was really nice and even gave us some juice and snacks from her shop. It's always a bit of a shock to the system when a Peruvian treats you to something. A combi finally showed up and took us a lot quicker than the logging truck on the way here, back to the junction on the main road at Sausacocha. Three and a half hours instead of seven. A good deal more comfortable too. On the way back, we had to drive off-road through a field as another big logging truck was blocking the road. The wheels on one side seemed to have collapsed, and it was on a 45-degree angle. 
I couldn't help thinking that it could have been us. Whilst we were waiting for another bus to take us back to Cajabamba, we sat there with a few others by the side of the road. One idiot started shooting little sparrows with his slingshot. I was about to start hurling stones at him too, but my icy stare made him put the thing away. Just before dark, a bus showed up and took us to Cajabamba, where we stayed in the same nice hotel on the plaza as before. We were both feeling pretty exhausted after all this hardcore travelling. 